Okay, welcome to the Punch Touch Podcast. Real fans, real talk. We dissect, dive deep and discuss juicy bits of gossip and news from the world of boxing and MMA. I'm Coach T, I'm your host and welcome to a crazy ride of adventure. Real fans, for the fans. Let's go! Hey, it's the Punch Touch Podcast. It's the Punch Touch Podcast. Welcome, welcome everybody to another fantastic episode of Punch Touch Podcast. Yes, and I'm still longing and waiting for my echo microphone, but it's all good, 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 good. (laughs) It's all good. I'm your host, Coach T, and thank you for pressing play with your index finger or your thumb depending on what you're doing whatever device you're listening to will depend on how you've pressed play but welcome and come with us enjoy this ride and adventure as we share insights and thoughts and perspectives not facts some facts but also perspectives on the sweet science of boxing and the brutal strategy of mma this is season three Yes, guys, season three. That means three years, three semesters, three terms. Episode 13. Unlucky for some. And it was unlucky for some. Time to shine. That's the name of this episode. Time to shine. And there was a few people that shone. There was a few people that were shining like like sunlight right now. I, I live in the UK right now and the sun's been shining. And, mate, when it comes to MMA, UFC, people have been shining and, and made a statement with what they're doing. Um, yeah, contradicted to, to what I thought was going to happen. But anyway, let me introduce my superb guest. Welcome, super nerd Ash. Welcome, brother. Good evening, Coach T. Good evening, everyone. It's good to be on the show again and share my thoughts and views alongside you all about who's shining and who's not shining. So, yeah, let's get the show rolling, as John Fury says. (laughs) Yeah, for real. And I think he was grabbing his balls when he said that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for real. So let's start with UFC. I don't usually start with the UFC. I usually start with boxing. But let's talk about the brutal strategy of the UFC. Um, Quick, quick insight. I I know this is going to be a quick podcast because I said that to Ash off air. But I just want to illustrate and give people a little bit of a frame of what we're talking about. When it comes to brutal strategy, you need that in the UFC because it's mixed martial arts. Yeah, that's what MMA stands for. It means it's a chessboard of fuck you up. That's what it is. (laughs) It's as simple as that. Whether that's your need and your patella that gets bust, or whether that's your elbow that gets bust, or whether it's an elbow that gets bust in your face and your cheekbone that opens you up, or whether it's a, a sleeper hold, or whether it's a right hook or an uppercut of boxing. that This is MMA. This is MMA. That's why it's a brutal strategy, because the chessboard is vast. UFC, what was it, 192? Uh, Ash, correct me if I'm wrong, please, brother. Don't let me chat shit. Is it is it one nine two? I believe. Sorry, two nine two. Two nine two. Yes, yeah. yes. Thank you, brother. 
292. My bad. 292. UFC 292. Um, what a card that we had. The main card was Aljamain Sterling versus Sean O'Malley. Uh, the co-main event was Wele Zhang versus Amanda uh, Limos or Lomos. Uh, forgive me, uh, Brazilian I think, lady. I think Lemos. Lemos. Yeah. Lemos. Lemos. But but either way, um, very good Brazilian lady. And also we had in the welterweight division Neil Magny versus Ian Gary. And and I have an affinity to Ian Gary, but I ain't gonna get into that right now. Wow, what an event. First of all, Ash Aljamain Sterling, the champion, versus Sean Sugar O'Malley. Sean Sugar O'Malley, listen, guys, and I'm I'm talking to you that are listening to uh, uh, my voice and Ash's voice you know, f- through whatever uh, devices you're listening to right now. These guys are top-notch. Al Jermaine Sterling comes from Jamaica. He, he, I have an affinity towards him because my roots come from Jamaica. This man is a verified, authenticated champion, okay? He's a champion within his division. And he's wrapped up people so much that they call him a backpack because if he gets on your back, you're done and he'll pack you up. Sean Sugar O'Malley is a rising star that has, um, he has so much online, he has so much of an online following because he's charismatic, his story is brilliant, he's authentic, he, he's just, he, he's just like a, he, he, he just has charisma and he's good at what he does, like he's a sniper. My man came from UFC when Dana White was looking for, like, giving people contracts and shit. Like, he came from that line. He had to work to get to where he is. So we're not talking about somebody that just made a billboard and now they're they're on everyone's fucking playlist. No. Like, he had to work for his shit, and he worked it well. He got his first attempt at um, the upper echelon of being a champion. And... He fucking snipered. Um, this fight happened on Sunday, the 20th of August, three o'clock, silly o'clock in the morning, uh, Greenwich minute, uh, Greenwich time in the UK. And that. And um, what I saw was not what I thought was going to happen. Fucking hell. He starched. He starched Al Jermaine Sterling with a beautiful counter shot. Fucking beautiful, man. It was really beautiful. Uh, Ash, was you surprised? I was very surprised. So why I, I expected why? Sterling to put up a much tougher resistance. And truth be told, I I love Sean O'Malley, but I actually thought Sterling would um, take the fight. Um, so what I thought would happen did not happen. But what even surprised me more was the counter punch that Sean O'Malley landed because it was like a. <clears throat> Like a snap, like exactly what we were saying, like a sniper rifle. He literally sniped him. That shot was lightning quick. It devastated him. Uh, Sterling didn't know where he was. He was on the floor scrambling, and the finish was devastating as well. Some really good um, hammer blows raining down on him. Uh, perfect, perfect. And this guy has just got. The cocktail of he's got amazing talent, underrated talent. The talent is starting to shine through now. But he clearly puts in hard work. Um, 
in the octagon and also outside as well. He's turned into a social media sensation. He knows how to carry himself um, online, on the media as well. And um, yeah, he's blown up. He's he's uh, becoming a big thing now. So I'm definitely happy for him. And it was exciting to see that. Uh, the one thing that was very strange but quite entertaining was um, apparently he called out Tank Davis straight after the fight. So I don't know about that, but, you know, if it makes money, then let's see it. Mm. Yeah, that's that's very interesting what you're saying. That sounds like um, I think um, I think a lot of fighters in whatever category they're in are smelling the crossovers. Yeah, the the crossovers are there. <laughs> the money, the money is just there for the take. Uh, yeah, it's there. Yeah, yeah. And who started the crossovers? I would say who started the big money crossovers, the big money crossovers. Just just what you said, it makes me think, Ash. You provoked me to think of um, the archive in my head. Uh, and I don't remember everything, but I do remember uh, Mayweather versus McGregor. Yeah. The biggest, a big money crossover. And before that, I remember Muhammad Ali versus some Japanese guy as a crossover. Oh, yeah, he did. He did. Um and uh, the Japanese guy wasn't the Japanese guy on the floor half the time. <laughs> yeah, because it was a crossover. Like, yeah. ad, like actually, you know, unlike no offense to McGregor, he's a, he's a G. You know, no offense to Mayweather, no offense to to um, uh, Jake Paul, anyone that does a crossover when they fight MMA fighters. Muhammad Ali fought this guy in a category of you can do MMA. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that was the difference. That's why my man was on the floor <laughs> because <laughs> it, it was part of the rules that they agreed. They agreed that shit, you know. So, so uh, just limited. Yeah, yeah, yeah bro. So I, I think the crossovers have. Uh, I just mentioned that as I think crossovers have been coming for a while now, but I think the money is building. That's why the crossovers are more now. Yeah. I think just a side note on that, like, obviously mm. we've we mentioned how nowadays most, like, nearly 99% of um, all of these crossover fights are in boxing and mm. the MMA fighters are heavily limited now. because Yeah, that's right. Good point. But Good what's point. really interesting is, um, and I'm, gl- I'm so glad that the girls are actually doing it, uh, Clarissa Shields has already been signed to the PFL and had a few few MMA fights and now um, Savannah Marshall has actually signed to the PFL and there could be a future fight between those two in MMA down the line Wow, I didn't even know that bro, like yeah, Savannah break, Marshall been interviews. Um, There's been a trailer and an interview uh, between both of them and to be fair it was quite friendly, they seem very friendly a lot more friendly now um, but they were but, like, we but, should but, definitely do a crossover But she's Savannah, like, like I'm just I'm just reading on what you're saying. Correct me if I'm wrong, um, Ash. Yeah, she's jumping into the category of not just fists. Yeah, she's um, starting MMA training. I think it's either yeah, I think it's tomorrow. Shit, that's deep, man. That's that's real shit, man. So she's potent. Her end game, I think, is potentially, and I think even Clarissa as well. Um, they probably had a few words off camera. Is let's try and make this this happen because it will generate tons of pay per views, and it hasn't been done so far yet. Like both people have fought in 
in the boxing ring and the octagon and the fact that it's women women doing this for the first time in history that would be that'd be big it'd be so big it will will wow thank you for mentioning that of that bro like honest like what like take a bird's eye view out of this now yeah any boxers that have decided to cross over including tyson fury always keep it within queensberry rules they ain't using the other limbs <laughs> like yeah. even like even even jake will fight mma fighters within the category of queensberry boxing come on man like and we've got these ladies fighting within the category of no holds barred well it's not no holds barred but it's going to be within use your limbs like of mma that's mm. that's what makes mma so um that that's what makes the chessboard of mma expansive because exactly. it's not it's not just about punching you can strangle you can break yeah Shit. and i'm i'm glad it, i'm glad the girls are the ones who are taking the initiative here and looking to do it that's just so mm. it's so nice that it's actually that's happening um, yeah because That's hopefully deep. it will be a wake up call to the men to just like do it and just not be afraid. Because, mm, yeah. but well, who's gonna do that though? That's that's deep. The because the, the men division, you know, the men's division is really. Ooh, you need to pick carefully. Like, yeah. would would Jake Paul ever face Tyron Woodley in an MMA? It changes. <laughs> yeah. I think he's talking about. Um, I think Jake Paul now and Nate Diaz. They because Jake Paul was saying, "Why don't you agree to fight me?" And before they fought at the press conference, Jake Paul said to Nate, "Why don't you agree to fight me in the cage? I'll give you ten mil. I'll give you ten mil." And then as soon as Nate lost, Nate was like, "Okay, fine, I accept. Um, so let's do it in the cage." But we're you know, Nate can say a lot of stuff. Jake can say a lot of stuff. I don't, I don't see that actually happening. That's the thing. Um, mm. But I think Jake's a bit of a loose cannon compared to Logan. I think Jake will just do well. To be fair, Logan's involved in a lot of things, but I think Jake is just loose. He'll probably accept anything for the right price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I think Jake knows his lane. I think Jake is is um. I think he's put himself in the lane of boxing or throwing yeah, hands. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, because he's an athlete and he's also a, a, a wrestling. He's got wrestling background because mm. in America, it's not like it's not like in the UK. We don't we don't have a curriculum of wrestling in our PE. We don't mm. have that. We have a curriculum of uh, hockey, football, especially football, hockey, cricket, those type of bat and ball sports, badminton stuff like that. You know, we don't. We don't really do wrestling. Man, you just made us sound so lame. <laughs> yeah, but it's true though, bro. Like, I mean, like, what schools in the UK does wrestling? Exactly, that's true. <laughs> what <school? laughs> even private schools, like even those super expensive Hogwarts schools, they, they don't do wrestling, bro. They don't. <laughs> uh, the only thing they wrestle with is is accountants and 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 like economics and shit. Like, <laughs> they don't do wrestling, bro. They don't, but that's interesting, though. That's very interesting, honestly, because I, I think that's um. I think if if people take a little look, like take a look, people that 
I've only known a female boxer to jump into MMA. What, what professional mm-hmm. boxers that have accolades? Yeah, what professional male boxers that have accolades like championships? They're fucking champions. Mm. Like WBC, WBO, IBF, IBO. Blah, 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 blah. Like, what? Who has jumped into MMA apart from Clarissa Shields in the female category? Literally, no one, nobody. In modern times, who else apart from Muhammad Ali? Who else has done that shit? Nobody. Exactly. Exactly. Like that's that's a that's a deep untapped pool that has a lot of hazards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck, you know, it does. But still, yeah. So um, <sighs> UFC, Sterling, Sugar, um. Sterling lost, got caught with a shot. Do you think Sterling deserves a rematch? Um, it's it can be argued. It can it can be argued like you can make the argument that yes, he does because some people could say, "Oh, it was a lucky shot. He didn't see it. Like, let's see it again." But I don't think he should. Like, I don't think there's a point for it. I just personally and maybe selfishly, I just want to see. Uh, Sugar Sean just keep going up and up and on to the next challenge. Like, um, I don't, I don't think the demand is right for a rematch. I don't see it. I just because the the finish was very conclusive. It was very, very conclusive. Even I, lo- I love the movement of uh, Sean O'Malley, the way he was moving as well. Um, you expected the reverse to happen. You expected like the skills to be reversed but this was completely different Sean looked on a different level mm. yeah 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 I agree I agree with that to an extent to be honest I I, I think he caught Sterling with a with an honest sincere beautiful shot that Sterling couldn't deal with because O'Malley was operating at a high level and and you know, ironically enough, I think um Sterling encouraged O'Malley to operate at that high level. I, I think Sterling as a champion brought that championship um performance out of O'Malley. Yeah, definitely. It's like he stepped up his game for that. Yeah, I definitely I definitely agree with that. I think like some there are some fighters um who I think save their best for their best opponents. I remember, like, go, like relating this to boxing. I'd say Billy J- Billy Joe Saunders was one of those guys. He seemed to just cruise through things until he fought a genuine threat, um, <laughs> and yeah, that's when he became his most skillful self. Otherwise, he was just like he'd just take the win. He'd take the win. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. Sorry, sorry to cut you, but what you just said there reminds me of when he fought Chris Eubank Jr. As Chris Eubank Jr. was coming up. He stepped up. I even yeah. heard. I even heard that he changed his nutritionist and he changed his back office people to prepare with the engine of Eubank Junior. and And he stepped up and he dealt with him. Mm, for sure. But it's like he almost. I think you. I think Eubank's fitness was on another level for that fact. Because I, I think I remember the last two, two or three rounds. It's like Billy Joe sort of release the gas tank completely and it was just uh he was operating on cruise control and then 
Eubank started to overwhelm him slightly. Yeah, yeah, to yeah, the second half of the fight he did because I think Eubank just realized shit, I got more in my tank. Mm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so back to UFC 292, Sunday, 20th of August, city o'clock in the morning, round here in the in the uh, island of the UK. Did you see the the Gary? I know I sent that highlights to you, Ash. What did you think about the uh, the Gary Machido, Ian yeah. oh. Machido Gary versus Neil Magny? So I thought, but I'll give, I'll try and give some positives to Magny. If <laughs> the one thing I'll say, he seems a very a very game fighter. He seems like he will, he like he's got a. He's, he's, he's definitely built different because he absorbed a lot of punishment, took a lot of punishment, and he was he was repeatedly laughing at Gary, like even though he must have been in pain. I'll say I'll give him props for being for just toughing it out. But I read a comment on there while I was watching everything, I, and some people were commenting, and I completely agree. So I'm going to echo this comment. Mm. Like he was just like that. That wasn't a fight. That was like. A child at school getting bullied. Like, literally, he, there, there was no there was no contest there. He just got um, Gary just bullied Magni throughout the whole fight. Um, I don't remember him really having much success apart from maybe landing a couple of punches, but he got countered straight away. Uh, it was a very one-dimensional, one-sided fight, and uh, props to Gary for making it that way. He dominated he you could see he was very clinical with the leg kicks early on he really took the legs away from uh magni and then he started shooting some really hard shots especially in the last round Damn. um he really went to work he was just i don't know i don't know what was magni just seemed a bit gun shy i don't know if that was because of injury or something it was very strange like he didn't seem to try and do much apart from a couple of times I don't maybe there's some underlying thing there but yeah very impressed by Gary mm. yeah yeah me too man I, I'm I'll, I'll be honest with you I'm a, um I'm I try my best not to be uh biased mm. you know but I I will be um authentic and sincere with regards to I have an affinity for Ian Gary I've met Ian Gary before I've met him uh, his family, his wife, and and his his young child at the time when I met them um, at an event, uh, a boxing event that that my son, my youngest son, uh, deals with. And Ian Gary is a he's a good ambassador for that. And and I spoke to him off camera, and and um, not to be, I'm not. I'm obviously I'm not going to say all of the stuff that we were talking about, but however. My first impressions and my lasting impressions of Ian Gary meeting him as an individual outside of the ring, like he's not fighting, he's just like two human beings, two men talking to each other. He was down to earth, down to mm. earth and a decent individual, whether that's, you know, whether that's just what he's showing me or, or just what I'm showing him or just the moment of the time that's neither here nor there i'm just saying what it is that's why i have an affinity with regards to ian gary and, and um, i followed him for a while now and what i saw with regards to the warrior 
side of him, he kicked the shit out of Neil Magny. Yeah. Like, literally kicked the shit out of him. Like, what was that about Ash? Those low kicks. If, if, if I had to, um, if, if I was an MMA coach and I was, and the subject matter was, okay, okay, guys, we're going to learn about um, the value of low kicks. I would show the, the fight of, of Ian Gary versus Neil Magny. Yeah. <laughs> it was would... perfect textbook stuff. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, that's why I would because he he literally kicked his legs like the first round like he he was sweeping him like do you remember Ince from Manchester United? Yeah. Oh yeah, jeez. Yeah, like it was like it was tackles like constantly getting tackled below your shins. Take that. Mm. How are you gonna do with that? Boom. Fucking hell, man. That that was that was very um. I, I really like that. I am a big fan of low kicks, and and it's it's not because I have a lack of um, of hip movement and I can't kick at the head. <laughs> I love a low kick. I ain't gonna lie. I do. There love was some a low good kick. head kicks though as well. Like towards the latter parts of the fight, there was some. Uh, Gary landed some really good. That's the thing. It was it was a perfect constructed plan. Like. Kicks a low kick, low kick, low kick, and then towards the end, he started landing wow. bigger shots. Yeah, and, but I still, I don't, I don't know. I still think something was off in that. What fight. do you mean? What do you mean something was off? You think Neil Magny wasn't at his best? <laughs> yeah, like I, it's just his, it's just how he seemed. Maybe it's just I, I just got a weird vibe from watching that. Like, um, he was doing a lot of. Uh, posturing and when he, he he didn't seem to have any urgency and when he went he, he like for for this rivalry and for this build up and to see mm. that it just something seemed off like no shots were really coming back from him like there was no urgency you'd think like he'd throw something in desperation or at least try to win towards the towards the end of the like the, the last half of the fight but it didn't seem that way apart from a couple of shots mm. um, yeah yeah because the rivalry was, was building to the point where because although sometimes i was like wow his legs have gone he seemed to recover quite quickly and scramble again so i don't mm. know like um, mm. it might just be maybe he wasn't mm. maybe mm. He had a bad camp or wasn't feeling the fight I, I still think the result would have been the same having looked at both of them but i just think he didn't show up for some reason. Mm, could be, potentially. Yeah, that's a that's a fair point because there was a lot of um, needle with regards to the the press conferences. There was quite some some personal shit that was thrown about, and and not just your normal personal shit. It was like family personal shit. And that's the strange thing. You wouldn't you you'd normally expect a more a far more cagey sort of aggressive individual to come out of that but this just didn't it didn't I don't know I don't know what happened well well maybe it's because he, he got his legs kicked the fuck out yeah uh, it could be that. <laughs> yeah. could be that to be honest Ash um, yeah because um, from the first round it, it was very significant and um, with regards to the stats of this fight Neil Magny versus Ian Gary Neil Magny is like 28 Fights 28 wins 
12 losses. Wow. Ian Gary is 13 wins, no losses. Um, total strikes in that fight. Neil Magny, like Neil Magny is known for his stamina. He only did 93 strikes in that whole fight and only connected with 51. So he got a 54%. Mm. Ian Gary, he did a total of 171 strikes. Jeez. And connected with 111. Oh, wow. So okay. he, he got a 64%. Significant strikes. Um, when I say significant strikes, guys, as I'm looking at the data from UFC, significant strikes mean power strikes, mean when you're hitting people with the intention to fuck you up. Uh, that's a power strike, literally. Like Anytime you throw a power strike, it should be with the intention to um, fuck you up. And I, I'm using profanity, but that's the best way I can describe a power strike that everyone would understand. Neil Magny, 66 Significant strikes, but only 27 landed. Ian Gary, 150 power strikes attempted, 91 landed. So you can see where this went. You yeah. can see who was being the aggressor here, isn't it? The, the, the stats say who was being like a monster. Mm. Straight up. Yeah. So let's move on now. And let's talk about the ladies. Wow, these ladies, mate. You know, <laughs> boxing, UFC, I just want to say that the ladies, the women, Amazonian women, I, mate, I, I say Amazonian women because traditionally Amazonian women, if, if you're a woman from the Amazon, if you know about, like, whether it be comic books or anime or just... Like and mythology in there. Say that again. Mythology. Mythology. Yes, thank you, brother. Mythology. Amazonian is uh, connected with very strong warrior women. That's why I say that. Very strong warrior women, and the UFC has been one of the main protagonists when it comes to putting a platform for very strong women that hunt like lionesses in the savannah that I don't fuck about, you yeah? know? Let's be real. Weilei Zhang versus Amanda Lemos, Lomos. I don't want to butcher her name, but she's from Brazil. Let's just call her Amanda. Amanda with a fringe. And Amanda's <laughs> tried and tested. She's tried and tested, though. I, I, you mm -hmm. know, I may, I may have made a joke about her name, but she's not a joke as a fighter. She's tried and tested. Uh, Weile Zhang is tried and tested as well. Mate, this fight within a women's strawweight division, co-main event, Weile Zhang, 358 total strikes. Super nerd. Yeah. Calculate that. 358 Jeez. total strikes after five rounds of war. It's like 70 After, strikes around, isn't it? That's, that's a lot. Yeah. That is a lot when you're under pressure. That's a lot, man. We're not talking about no bullshit stats. Yeah. And she, and she landed 296 of them. Come <laughs> on. That's pepper. Is that not pepper and sauce? Fucking hell, mate. That's hot. That's She's hot. a special fighter. Like a special, special fighter. Like, um, yeah. Like what I saw was just 
like and she she has a hell of a chin first of all I'll say that because um amanda definitely came to fight and definitely yeah, she, had her in she, she cracked her like a crackhead she did she yeah. cracked her like a crackhead a couple of times yeah like and she had her in big trouble with the um I think it was the guillotine or the the neck the neck hold um, mm-hmm. in, the first, in the first round. I don't know how she came out of that, but then the fact that she remained so calm and started started those knees. Those knees looked terrifying. You could see Amanda squirm from those knees, like like, and she looks like a conditioned fighter and stuff. But these knees were solid. <sighs> like just to have the mentality to remain calm under that pressure. When your br- when your breath is getting taken away from you and just go bang bang bang, that's some warrior mentality. Exactly like you said, the Amazon sort of stuff. Um, and she landed her thunderbolts as well. Like especially in that fifth round, I think when she dropped Amanda, um, and it was a good recovery from Amanda to be fair as well. But it was, yeah, man. Like Zhang is a beast. A beast. <laughs> yeah, she is a beast. She is a beast. So, so um, I just have to say these stats because I've never seen, I've never seen such a one way, one way um domination. The fight wasn't a complete one way because, like you said, Ash, like you know, Amanda got uh, waylay. You know, she she got Zhang in in almost a couple of submission attempts, yeah. literally two. Um, I I just want to say this, like remember this, yeah, waylay Zhang. 358 total strikes. She landed 296. Uh, Amanda, a total of 68 strikes in five rounds. Five rounds. Five rounds. Compared to 358 from her opponent, she threw 68. She only landed 29 out of those 68. So basically, the average of Zhang for one round was still higher than what Amanda landed in. She's a... She's a beast, like what you said. Like this, this. I, I, I think we're. I think we may miss a trick here. I think we we are potentially looking at a future Hall of Famer here. Yeah. In the UFC, like, because this is no joke. Like, I ain't even talking about. Let's talk about significant strikes. Yeah. Remember, they these are power shots that are being thrown to completely disable your opponent. Like you're throwing a knockout shot. Zhang threw 217 knockout shots, significant strikes, compared to, and she landed 163. Amanda only threw 63 power shots and landed 24. Zhang, <laughs> Zhang, Zhang hit six takedowns successfully out of seven. Amanda got none. I'm just saying that this is this is one way traffic. Like you've you've run into a motorway blindfolded with your brethren that are blindfolded as well. Everyone's getting knocked out, man. Everyone's getting run over here. Like shit. This is very. I've never seen stats like this in a long time, bro. It was not. Yeah, those. I didn't even know that was the the case. I mean, I I knew it was a lot, but that that is huge. It is huge. It's massive. It's it's like what is this? What is the engine that you have? Like three hundred and fifty-eight total strikes, two hundred and seventeen total power shots, seven takedowns, and you only got six out of this. Like what is that? That is a lot of energy. That is a lot of energy, Ash. Mm-hmm. 
Jesus, bro. What I, I think we are looking at a Hall of Famer, bro. I mean, where, where do you think Zhang goes from here? To be honest, I, I don't, and I don't know much about their division, so I'm just asking. What What do you think? She, um, I remember when she had a famous victory against the, um, oh, the really famous Polish girl. Which one? Um, I think she's retired now. It's not. It's not um, Shevchenko. It's not Shevchenko. No, 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 not Shevchenko. No. Oh, what's her name? He literally the... made her face look like an alien. Yeah, but she, but she, she got massive sponsorship. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about, bro. I know what you're talking about. Like a like a legend, like a proper proper legend. She's a legend. Oh man, I can't remember her name. <laughs> yeah, but I know what you're talking about, though, bro. I, I do. She's a Polish girl. And she she achieved a lot, massive, massive. Mm. But I think, yeah, as to where she goes from here, I think she can either choose to stay and rule the division and continue to defend the belt. So I don't see anyone beating her in that division. Um, again, I don't know the division too well, but I don't. I would know the big names in that division. I don't think there is. I mean, she seems extremely Jonah, Jonah strong. Chechuk. She looks so strong. Chechuk. Well. Jonah Chechuk. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that the one we're talking about? Jonah yeah, Chechuk. Yeah. I think yeah. we butchered the name a bit, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, apologies. We did We did butcher her name, but same, but same way, the meat is good. <laughs> yeah, you're right, bro. Yes. So, So where do you think she goes, you were saying? I, so yeah, I think she can either choose to stay in the division and rule the division, or she can move up away potentially because I think she'll still be a threat in in that division. Um, but yeah, I don't see anyone beating her in this division. I think she's very solid. Um, again, I don't know too much about this division, but from the girls I've seen, she she is outstanding, outstanding. Mm. Yeah, and, and she's a brown belt. Um, as far as I know, she's a brown belt under uh, Pedro Pedro uh, Hudio, uh, whoever that guy is. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure that he knows how to make origami with people's bodies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's um she's a real deal, hundred percent real deal. So moving away from that. We spoke about Gary. We spoke about um Sterling. We spoke about Jean. Let's talk about um, the boxing recently and the dust has settled. Like what me and you are about to speak about now, people have already spoken about that. But I want to know your opinion because I haven't spoken to my scholars about the last fight of Anthony Joshua versus Hellenius that happened at um, Greenwich United Kingdom O2 Arena. Uh, on August the 12th, 2023, Saturday. Uh, Joshua won. He KO'd Hellenius nastily. He, he, like, he, he put him to sleep. Like, he fucked him up in round seven. Let's just say that. He fucked him up in round seven. Joshua's got 25 wins, three losses. Hellenius is 32 wins, four losses. So the records are decent. What did you think about that performance? 
I thought AJ was very tentative uh, early on. Um, I, I think both fighters were to an extent, but I think Helene has had sort of adapted since the Deontay Wilder fight and was moving a bit better. For, for a guy who took it on one week's notice, I think it was one week's notice, he looked that's, pretty fresh. Uh, uh, that's a good point. Yeah, he looks pretty fresh. He looked like he'd been training, so he didn't look like a slug or anything like that. Um, AJ looked... Well, very... wait, a minute, wait a minute, Ash. Let me just cut you. Sorry, yeah. brother. As I, I, I'm not sure, but I'm asking you, do you know why he took it on one week's notice? What happened? Why, why AJ had to have a replacement? Because I know, obviously, what happened with the Dylan White and the adverse findings, mm. um, which was a massive shame. Um, from what I've heard, and again, I don't know for sure. I'm only, I'm only giving this from what Eddie Hearn was saying on Talksport. I think they had no other better option but Helenius. I think the question was presented about Andy Ruiz, who apparently offered to fight AJ, but apparently Eddie Hearn said. Yes, he'd offered to fight him on Twitter, but there was no contract sent. There was no serious uh, offer made to their team, or there wasn't any direct offer made to Matchroom about Ruiz from Ruiz's team. Uh, and everyone else, there was just nothing there, um, apparently. So they went with like a contender to was hilarious, I guess, but mm, I heard I heard um Trezora wanted it as well. I've heard that as yeah, I have heard that um like but I've heard I heard apparently that Trezora wanted to switch from Gerald Washington to AJ. But then I heard the cards were would have got mixed and apparently mm. there was some Finchley brothers thing going on. So hey, hey. I, <laughs> I think there's a lot I think Chisora might will say a lot just to Spice things up, but I don't know how close that was to happening. Mm. I can't yeah. see that fight ever happening to be fair, just because of them two being involved in Finchley and him being AJ's childhood hero and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, um, I, I heard the same, I heard there was some politics because, um, like, uh, Del Boy. Del Boy is he's a fighter, man. He he's born mm. to fight. He, like that's why he's got a farm. So he literally fights with agriculture and he, and he fights with um, the earth and he fights with just making life happen. And I think some people uh, have a makeup of just fighting in whatever circumstances that you, your mind could comprehend. But either way, it it wasn't gonna happen. And it it, it didn't happen. And Hellenius was served up to Joshua. And um, what do you think about Joshua's technique with regards to approaching that fight? What do you think? So, yeah, it's like I said, I think he started off very tentative, very cagey. Um, mm. When he did eventually start to do things, it, you could see he was trying to do a few different things, show a few different looks. Um and eventually he did seem to settle near the near about the fifth or sixth rounds. Um, and then obviously in the seventh round, he seemed to have just clicked fully into himself and detonated that, that beautiful right hand. But what was really curious is obviously they seem to have, they've got Tony Bellew on commentary. <laughs> Tony, Tony Bellew is the biggest supporter. 
biggest supporter, but even Tony Bellew, when it got to round six and before the knock- knockout happened, he was like umming and ahhing. He's like, I don't know what's going on here. And he was forced to admit, forced to admit, he thinks that he thought that AJ may be a bit gun shy or not too sure of himself. And then as soon as he knocked him out, he was like, oh, I told you so. So for <laughs> me, it tells a big story on, I think uh... even those close to AJ are aware that there's there are some issues going on, that there are some stuff still to be ironed out. Um, yeah, for me, yes, it was a good, it was a much better performance than uh, the previous performance that AJ had. Like, yes, he's, I mean, regardless of the previous few rounds, he finished off in a much more devastating fashion. But if you're talking about being ready for someone like Deontay Wilder or something, um, I think Wilder wants to fight. Wilder wants. Wilder just wants to fight. He's a fighter. Um, he is incredibly spirited. Incredibly, he has a massive heart, massive will, and maybe a, you could argue AJ is technically better and this and that. But I don't think he has the same drive. I don't think he has the same passion or the heart or the will. And that and that is the reason why. Ignore the power from Wilder for a sec, but because AJ does not currently present those things like the heart and the will and maybe he's fighting for the wrong reasons that's the reason why the fight happens I don't see AJ winning not like this mm. that's a fair point <clears throat> that's a fair point you know that's a fair point I, I would love to um, I'm a mindset I'm a mindset coach personally like I'm, I'm I've never I don't really I don't really talk like this but I am um, tonight it's a late night and we need to wrap this up. But um, I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm a mindset coach when it comes to boxing. I'm not the best technical coach, you know, um, but I'm the best at getting the best out of people. And that deals with mindset, especially when it comes to pugilistic uh, combat sports. And that's across the board. It's your mindset will carry you through. Everything is always mental. Don't get me wrong. You have to be physical. You have to have conditioning. You have to have coaching. You have to have technique and all of that shit. But in order to operate that shit, it comes from your mindset. And if you ain't got the mindset, you're not going to open up the vault to operate that shit. Mm. Question, though. What happened to... um... Where do you think it all started going wrong for AJ? As in, what happened compared the AJ of old compared to the AJ of now? Where in the you know? Come on, come on, come! I, I ain't even gonna call you. I'm not. I'm not even gonna call you by the name I know. Young super nerd, you know super nerd. You got the data. The, re- you, the reason you know, why I'm asking, you know, you it, it was a Ruiz fight, the first Ruiz fight when he got dropped and didn't know what the fuck was going on. But do you think it may have happened in the Klitschko fight, and we just no. it, it took a no. while for the demons to settle in? No, I don't think so. The no. reason why the reason why I don't think so because in that Klitschko fight, you see that Klitschko fight, what you just said there, mm-hmm. that that is the essence of the spirit of AJ that is a champion because he got knocked down. He had to weather the storm. And as he weathered the storm, there was no fear after he weathered the storm. Once he weathered the storm and got his head clear, um, and and I'm just talking from someone outside of the person that has taken the the, the shots and the punches that shook up 
the fucking brain. He weathered the storm for like a couple of rounds. Remember, he was quiet for a couple of rounds, mm. and then he went like a like a black shark. I ain't gonna say <laughs> great. I ain't gonna say great white. I'm saying the fucking <laughs> black shark. No, he did. Yeah, he, he went, and, it, and it's the same thing. Think about it. It was the same model and pattern that happened with Dylan because Dylan touched him. Don't mm. forget that fight, you know. Yeah, the yeah, first yeah. fight with Dylan, Dylan touched his blood clot. He touched AJ. AJ got lick with Dylan, you know. Mm. He did. He did. Dylan landed some shots and then AJ reverted to a... A beast. Yeah, that's what was missing. That's what every think, that's yeah. what everyone's saying is missing. Come on, Ash. That's what everyone is saying is missing, that beast element. And so he take that away now. Go into the Klitschko fight. You got touch. Klitschko dropped him. Klitschko dropped him, buzzed him. But when he got up, he went into beast mode. Ruiz, <laughs> Ruiz dropped him, beat him. He didn't get back up. He had to get back up behind the scenes. He had to get back up in 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 the um remember he's a millionaire by now. Think about that. Exactly. Remember he's got silk pajamas now. So <laughs> if anyone knows what I'm saying, he got silk pajamas now. Mm. So he did his work, blah blah blah, and he came back into the ring. You know, bless him, because if you step into the ring, anyone, no matter how they perform, if you step into the ring, you got kudos, man. Come on. He stepped into the ring and now he's a bit cautious. Remember when he fought um Parker? Yeah. Jab, 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 jab. Like he he I feel I feel like AJ is trying his best to be super technical, but yeah. because but because he doesn't have the natural ability to be a technical fighter, I think it's leaning on his hesitancy. That's that's all I can say. That's that's all I'm noticing because like like myself and yourself and and other people that are listening to this podcast, you you if you're from the UK, you followed AJ. You've seen his fights. If you have, you've seen his fights and how he has evolved and changed. And you can see now, he's more tentative. But he's trying to be. It's not a tentative of I don't want to fight you. That's bullshit. He's tentative in a way of I'm trying to be technical. Technical, 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 but it doesn't suit him. That's why it is discombobulated. That's why it's confabulated. That's why it doesn't work. Man's a beast, bro. You, you're you're meant to knock out the fucking beast. You you can't mm. just. Do you get what I mean? It, it's too much tentative. Tentative. Quite. It's quite sad because he. Um... Like even in some interviews now, he almost criticizes how he used to be, and it, it's it's really sad because how sad he used to be wasn't maybe him, he didn't yeah it, how he used to be got him to the spot in the first fucking place. Mm. What about that? How yeah. he used to be yeah. got him to where he was in the first place. It got him everything. It got him everything. Exactly. So why would you lose that? It is so he's searching for trainers trying to unlock that. It's almost like he knows when you think about it, Ash. It's like oh. he's searching for someone to help him unlock the shit. <laughs> the thing is, when he fight, when he, uh, I believe this fight will happen. I do believe this fight will happen just because the energy is, is, is so high. 
Um, I think Wilder's energy was just going to force this fight to happen. But I do think when those two fight, AJ will almost be forced to fight. And it's up to, again, it's up to him whether he chooses to follow. If he doesn't go with his, if he doesn't follow that force and fight, revert to back to, revert a little bit back to what he used to do. Revert to type. Yeah, I think the only way AJ has a chance against Wilder is if he reverts back to his type and goes to war. Yes, I no, agree. All things gonna fail. I don't, I don't see it faring well for him at all. I think he, he might have six, a few a bit of success with the jabs and pushing Wilder back a bit, and suddenly Wilder will just go boom. And land and then it'll, that that'll be it. So I'm telling you now, it'll be it will be it won't be loads of windmills. It will be one shot, just because of the nature of how AJ is as a fighter and how he boxes, how he's boxing now. It will be one shot that no one sees coming. Wilder will do a quick step to the side, land it on his chin. Night, night, night. And that's the difference. That is the difference. That's the difference between one fighter knowing their type and another fighter being hesitant about their type. One, one man is actually, even though he knows his type, he's trying to learn additional things, but he's still, he still knows who he is, but he's still trying to learn some additional things. And one guy has forgotten what he is completely. He's trying to, he's trying to be something he's not, even though he knows he's not that. And he, it's like he doesn't know his place in the world. The other guy, the other guy knows and believes himself to be something else, and he will, he will. Sm- if he smells blood, he's going for it. Mm, straight, that's straight up, straight. The energy that Wilder has is scary. It is, it is, and that's that's why um that third fight with um Wilder and Fury, that was a classic. That was a beautiful classic fight because Wilder went in. Fury went in. That is the upper echelon of um. I'm not talking about technique. This is the upper echelon of everyone, all pugilist, giving their best attributes at the time, at the moment, on the event. And and yeah. and and that's what's missing from AJ. Like, I, I don't know, um, man, shit. I, 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 you know, I'd be surprised if, if AJ, you know, anyone that knows AJ, I'm going to say this right now. Come, AJ, come talk to me, bro. But I ain't going to teach you technique. I'm going to teach you how to throw the right hand. I ain't going to teach you how to throw the body shot. But I will teach you how to bring out your blood clot onto other people. Yeah? That's, how, <laughs> that's, that's the truth. Because that's what he's missing. He's missing mindset. It's just the mindset, man. Like you, you disconnected from your essence. You disconnected from what makes you the beast. But you have to be willing to take the consequences of that. What do you all. think he's like in camp with Derek James? Do you reckon he listens to Derek James, or do you think he's more Derek James has to speak to one person to speak to AJ? I, I think he, I think he listens to all of them in camp. But I think it's. I I don't think it translates when he when he steps underneath the lights. Yeah, the I think he listens to all of them. I really do, because he's he's he comes from a GB background, mm. McCracken. Like, come on, he he knows how to listen. He he trains very 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 well. 
that's the whole reason why his type has energy because he trains well he's he has technique to to an extent like he has a good technique don't mm. think my man ain't got no technique he has technique he listens he trains well but underneath the lights he reverts to something that is innate in him like something that overshadows everything that everyone else has said when he's there in that ring he goes to what he thinks is the best for him mm. i think that's that's what i sense he goes back to what he thinks is the best yeah whether that's right or wrong i think that's there you for us see, to see see when he you can see like when he has a bit of uh, a bit of trouble he will revert back um, the only the only shame is that he's it's not like the past where if he had a spot of bother he'd revert into a beast now he's reverting into his shell yeah and and the jab that that parker fight i think that parker fight if you look at that parker fight ash mm. he, that jab he he was convinced that he can box like mm. like take people out with just a jab you can to an extent, but that's not your full potential. Yeah. Like, he's he's right, but wrong at the same time. That's why it's blurry. Mm. Mm. But it's also, like, the, even if he believes that, and this will be my last, my last point on it, I think, because even if he believes that he can just take people out with just a jab, or he can just sort of keep people at bay and win win fights based on just pure call it pure boxing look at Wilder right and look at the limitations that people will say he has and yeah to be fair we have to admit like the limitations that he has in terms of technicality but the thing yeah, about, yeah and look at his yeah, record <laughs> but the, yeah the difference with Wilder is for me compared to AJ is Wilder believes in that what he has so much so 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 much he just believed that level of belief is miles beyond what AJ has man that self belief that inner confidence that I don't know that something like and I don't and that is why I think that I, I can't ever see no matter what AJ does he might pull a <laughs> pull a buddy out of a hat or some magic or something like <laughs> I don't. See, I can't see him beating Wilder. I can't. Like the level of belief the guy has, man, it's insane. It's true. I agree. I agree. I agree. Hundred percent. I agree. Like when you got athletes, like everyone's got muscles. Everyone has the ability of stamina. Everyone has the ability to bang hard. But the difference will be belief. What you've just said there—that's the difference, man. I mm. think that is a hundred percent difference. And and look at the fights. Look like look at history, like Foreman, Muhammad Ali, um, Pernell Whitaker, uh, Oscar De La Hoy, Mayweather. Like, all their fights, every everyone, like they're on a level with regards to they're on a par. Literally, they're on the same page when it comes to athletic physical performance. All of them have it, mm. but the only variable is who believes more. It's also like I think you you hit a point before about AJ's in his silk pajamas now, so he, he may have just lost the the will to take risks. But you compare that with 
someone else who's in probably more expensive silk pajamas like Canelo. But Canelo still still has this will and this desire, this love for boxing. Yes, and the love of pain. Like, he, yeah, he w- wants to fuck you up. Like, there's He's a belief. Been, like, even on holidays, apparently he takes his wife out for dinner and then goes to the gym. There and then you go. To play golf. So... He he loves he loves the game. Like even though he's got the money and whatever, he wants he genuinely means it when he says, "I want this for legacy. I want this. I want that." He genuinely means it. No boxing, no life. With with AJ, and I think AJ's even admitted it is now a money game. It is about securing the biggest purse. So then, well, but sometimes he seems to sidetrack that and be like, "Yo, just let me do my thing," and. I can beat this and everyone's scared. And then he sidetracks again and he's like, money, money, money. And that's sad because AJ before was very, even if he had this stay humble thing and everything like that, and if it was manufactured, it was one path. And that's why we loved AJ because that's why the kids looked up to AJ. That's why we all looked up to AJ because it was one path. It was like that, that British champion that we needed, that British world champion that we needed because... He his aims were in the right, the right place. His headspace seemed right, and it's sad, man. It's sad that it's like this now. Mm. But we, we'll see where he goes because I I don't think he's gonna stop. I think he's obsessed like Bruno. Uh, I say Bruno because UK Bruno is UK and and AJ is UK, and I think AJ is obsessed with boxing. All what he's achieved, mm. you cannot you cannot be obsessed. Yeah. From ABAs to Olympics to professional to all, you you got all the belts. You unified all sorts of yeah. shit. Like you've accomplished so much. Mm. How could you not have? I an think affinity? he still definitely cares. He cares. A, he cares a lot about it. Cause yeah, man. When he lost to Usyk. You could see how upset he was. Yeah, yeah. Fucked him up, man. Yeah. Come on, man. I think it's almost like he's. You, you almost get this image when you see him talking now and like it's almost like this no-care attitude, but you look deeper into it and it's almost like there's a lot of pain and anger there as well. Like he's... That's what it can seem like. And if he can channel that properly, that's where we, that's when the beast could come out again. So let's hope. Let's hope. Let's hope for real. And on that note, let's finish that off with let's hope because... Um, yeah, because uh, there's there's potential here. Like we're we're in a land of potential, and there's a lot of um, young potential heavyweights that want to take the crown from the Bois to uh, you know other heavyweights that are coming out at the moment. Even um, Joyce, there's, there's Yang and Joyce part two coming up. We ain't spoken mm-hmm. about that, but we'll, we'll see what <laughs> happens there. Plus, the ladies are doing what they're doing. We've got Katie Taylor. Coming up with um um El El Capion, what's her name? How you pronounce that? El Capion is like a Mexican oh, name, yeah. Mexican name for captain. I think you know Cameron Chantel Cameron. Happy time for sure. <laughs> no, no, it's not. That's just me. <laughs> yeah, but Chantel Cameron and and Taylor, I believe Katie Taylor. So there's a few fights coming up, and and also um, KSI and Tommy Fury in in that category of fighting which is interesting and we didn't really speak about that but we'll speak about that next time next time for sure yeah man and also shit 
Ash, super nerd, brother. I call you super nerd because you got that data that not everyone has, bro. That's why I say that. Thank you for being on the show. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. What's your summary, bro? Yeah, no, thank you, Coach T. First of all, it's been it's been really nice to be part of this season a lot more than I was in some previous seasons. I'm aiming to be more consistent now and uh, enjoy sharing my view you all and um, with the rest of the team as well. It'll be really good. So, uh, yeah, I hope you all have enjoyed the show and there's plenty more big fights to look forward to, mm-hmm. or the YouTube stuff to look forward to. And, um, yeah, I just want to give a quick shout-out to um, the women in combat sports because they're really carrying this game on. <laughs> they are. They are. They, uh, they're carrying that shit like a like an East Pack backpack. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs>